Welcome to the Bee Body Marketplace, where we treat, support, and invigorate our human bodies. As part of the Optimal Is Not Optional series, it is my pleasure to continue to connect with persons who have decided that there is more for them. They have been investing in their health and wellness, and they're here on our podcast to share their journey. Today, I'm with Dre Drummond, an amazing creative dynamic artist, performer, director, curator, and so many things. Dre has decided to take insurmountable shifts that is more in alignment with who he truly is and today he is here to share just what that shift is all about so dre welcome to be body talks thank you thank you what an introduction uh those words are beautiful so thank you for introducing me in such a light yes my name is dre drummond my pronouns are he him And I am from the native land of Lenape, which is now New York City. So I arrive with that knowingness. I'm very, very happy to be here. Kayla and I have been friends for quite a while now and really have seen each other grow. So I'm really excited for you all just to witness our knowledge transfer and our synergy and whatever you may get from these words it is meant for you it's not to grab everything but to receive all things meant for you so i just entered this conversation with that affirmation and confirmation for those listening you are here to listen to be a part of i love community i love building bridges and words and vehicles that allow us to connect and the podcast world is is really allowing us to be able to to move into spaces and places um, that we didn't necessarily use before or when it wasn't as accessible. So, yes, I am here. Thank you. My pleasure. Yes, you are. You know, one of the things that I say, having had a performance career as a dancer as well, is that people do not expect for dancers to speak or to have a voice or to use their voice because we don't have to, right? It's only within the past couple of maybe like 10 to 15 years that we've seen in contemporary works, the use of words and vocalization or sound. But typically dance is a silent practice where we use our bodies as instruments. But when you hear a dancer speak, it's so profound. The information that they're collecting, not only in their bodies and their DNA, but in their life experiences. And, you know, Dre and I, among artists who also do the same, have these conversations about life. So let's get personal because I feel like this will give people a better sense who don't know, well, I'm just gonna say know your brilliance, but who really (laughs) don't know you to really get to know you. So how did you identify as a human slash artist And how do you now identify as a human? Something to start with. You take Yes. Yes. You take that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I did start dance in the Black church um, through Christianity. And so I had a firm foundation of spirituality and dance. They met me together. They were never apart. And so a lot of my evolution was really 
seeing what I would do with dance to be able to personify and express my way to God. Now, I still use the traditions of Christianity, although I am not a slave to it. Um, I believe in honoring all the traditions of spirituality that I meant to pursue and express. So as I continue to make an all-inclusive package of myself, it was really, again, going back to that word of reclamation about how I chose to identify myself um, as a human and as an artist. And again, I had to change my language from dancer to artist because dancer only gave me a vision of one thing and what my vision was success was. And an artist allowed me to pursue all the things um, that involve my multidimensional talent, skills, and ability. When we talk about spirit and its abundance, we, we have that abundance. So it's more about an awakening of those dormant um, talents than it is about finding something that is outside of yourself. So this is something that I went within again through the body because that's what spirit knew I would like, right? To dance and to do that. And it did evolve into um, my role now in yoga and diversity, equity, and inclusion, because I was already seeing uh, things happening in the dance world, in the institutional realm of church, all these different communities where they have an intention to grow and to share and express, but how we were using these spaces, um, whether it was power, again, policing, um, resisting um, this expression, um, that's really when I said, okay, within this human experience, the artistry is to use all the things that I've been gifted with in this body and to be able to share that radically. What do I mean? I am a male, okay? I am a Black male. I am a gay Black male, right? Who then went through Christianity. So there's a lot of social uh, tunnels that I went through that really ripped me down. We can really compare that to the conservatory mindset of taking away everything and, and rebuilding you. And, and that's what spirit did in, in the workshop of my solitude was really break you down. Yes, no. The church wants your spirit. The hospital wants your body. Dance wants your artistry. You are. So how are you going to reclaim all of that and not only rec reclaim it, but transform it and then push it back out for all those in need. Black men need to hear your story. Black boys need to hear your story. Queer need to hear your story. Those affected by the shadow side of Christianity need to hear this story because people are, again, as we talk about, are backsliding due to suffering due to lack of help and re representation. And so the human turned into humanity, right? And, and the artistry was tied into that to be able to say, let's look at all that spirit has give, given you, right? You met dance and spirituality, right? Oh, that's yoga. Okay, well, you went into this spiritual place and you have a lot of trauma based on the institutionalized um, indoctrination and dogma that you went through. Okay, let's decolonize spiritual spaces and, and, and whiteness and be able to reclaim that. That also means creating our own community, but also going back into the healing um, ancestral, whether it's the Orishas or whether we're going into the Dagara faith and, and, and really reclaiming that. So there was a lot of traditions that I had to really embody and again make it accessible that is truly how i i 
moved into this human artist activist was really looking at truly the suffering um, and the dark places of my life where I was pushed out and alienated, never alone, always guided, but still alienated in my experience and what I was processing as I was experiencing my expression and my self-love was very traumatic. And, you know, I'm very grateful that I had supportive parents um, and friends that were able to walk me through, right? I really had to use these experiences. And if I didn't have the support and if I didn't have just the spiritual foundation that I was gifted it, you know, gifted with. I always felt like spirit was real. It was always very real to me. Um, it was more so about figuring out the mystery um, and and being humble with that than it really ever was about um, knowing who I was. It was more so where I was, right? Where am I in this space? So the pandemic has done a lot of things. And I'm going to ask Dre to talk about his experience. But the first thing that comes to mind are things like the Great Resignation, um, the leaving of New York City, the leaving of major cities, the skyrocketing rent prices, and or just feeling like you are no longer identifying with the rat race. So for Dre, I'm wondering... When he came to this, this knowing that it was just time for him to make a shift and what that shift looked like. Dre, why don't you speak to us about it? Yes, thank you. That's, uh, there's a lot there, so I'm going to try to centralize it as much as possible. But for me, wow. during the pandemic, it was really this spiritual sweep that I was witnessing, experiencing, and perceiving. And that spiritual uh, sweep or reset was this change in our reality. And as a dancer evolving into an artist, I knew that I needed more resource. I needed more reclamation. And you talked earlier before about how we use our voice. And that is actually how my own wellness, mindfulness, and platform of activism um, really was created by the name of Dre Speaks. It's about reclaiming my voice, reclaiming my identity and my body. So truly during the pandemic, when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, it really resonated with me about what legacy meant, how I wanted to build my foundation, and what I needed to do. And so immediately I started to think about, again, equity and what I wanted to bring and how I wanted to cultivate my talent, skills and abilities to be able to move me in a new dimension, a new realm, because that's what we were moving towards. We were moving in a new truth, a new time. And I felt spiritually Spirit saying it is time to act, it is time to step in position. And I believe that that looks different for everyone. But for me, it was really about equity, home ownership, land, and really, again, cultivating this foundation and legacy, not only for me, but for those who will be coming after me and those who laid the groundwork before me. So um, again, growing up in New York City, and then returning there to fulfill my 
professional career, I knew that I no longer wanted to survive. Um, I wanted to thrive. And based on the resources I had and the financial security given to me at the time, I knew that I had to act now. And I actually had to move away from the city and move more towards um I should say rural or suburban areas, um, just because, again, we're now thinking about growing our own crops, being able to, again, have something that I can pass down, an inheritance, um, a place that I can also be able to work from home, right, and be able to really create a foundation of groundwork that is all inclusive within my experience. So that was a few things that the pandemic really um, showed me was Black liberation and legacy, um, equity, home ownership, and stepping out into purpose um, and and activating faith. And and I say activating faith because the pandemic wasn't different from how I I see spirit um, and and how spirit may work to be able to use its force to allow change, to move change. So for me, it was about really stepping into that stewardship of spirit in this physical rapid chaotic world what is spirit telling you um i think for me i'm very big on when spirit asks you to respond i've learned not to coddle but to step forward um so the crisis was a crisis but i did find peace in that and and within my story spirit did show me that there is elevation and deprivation when it comes to what is meant for you and who is called into the position at that time especially when those are um when there are those in need of help um support guidance leadership access representation there's a lot that goes into that movement when stepping into your purpose. And it's not a big announcement. It's subtle, it's sweet, it's peaceful, like spirit, like dance. It's not about speaking boastfully. It's about moving through negative space, using your community, seeing how you're going to co-create and trusting that your creative intellect, what we know is intuition, is gonna move you forward. And us being artists, and dancers and poets that is what we were trained to do to be able to see this negative space to be able to see god to see spirit imagination and creativity and be able to move with that with a knowing and courage and i say courage because courage is not the absence of fear it's about doing it anyway so it is this courage to move forward and to step into that and to really take on artistry in a more active way right it's it's not about building a stage it's about creating a stage right and knowing that your audience is everywhere so with that i am in the present moment as i i do journey um and continue to have access to my abundance Ashe, abundant. Ashe. Now, I love that you said audience is everywhere. I want our listeners to really key in on all of the gems that were dropped. But that one in particular, especially if you are an artist that is gravitating towards change and towards shift and are in a place of fear, in a place of concern, in a place of gray where you feel like you cannot make a move or step out on your faith or do what it is that spirit is 
propelling you to do because you are waiting for an example. You are waiting for, you are waiting to be shepherded, but really it's you that mm-hmm. need to, to be the one to, to take the steps. Um, even if you don't see it quite clearly, a number of people, I mean, we know this because we've heard this in talks about this breath a fresh air in this sigh of relief that we all felt when the pandemic came. It was like the answer, the remedy, the medicine to so much pain and suffering uh, and, and being unheard and being unseen. But just in the same way, a lot of people are slipping right back into the very paths that they felt like were toxic, deserving, um, abusive, and whatever that is for you, you know, we're not specifically naming what that is because you know, you have felt that, you have been there. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're going right back into that. And so when, when Dre said, audience is everywhere, I would love for you to expand on this idea um, of evolution because artists, we have to embrace that, you know, our master teachers and those who came before us, they eventually had to make a decision to not just dance or not just perform or not just gig or not just audition, but to start to create something that the next generation could fall into. Anna Halperin did it. She created her own hub and stage in the middle of a place that was not New York City, you know, going to the South or going out of the country, you know, paving your way, you know, that is evolution. It's not just for you, but it's for others. Dre, can you speak to that? Yes. And what I also want to say is that um, moving um, to the South is also a very uh, radical thing, as we know the history of the South. So in this new era, I've also been hearing buying back the South, where a lot of um, African-American, um, indigenous and black bodies are moving back to the South in that reclamation. One can say that it's a gravitational pull by spirit. Other will just say it is time to, to get our reparations in that time. So I do want to point out that migration and the power in that. Secondly, audiences was a very, very hard traumatic thing that I had to work through and I had to really go through the shadow work. And sometimes it still comes up, but I just have a little bit more management and awareness about it. And this conditioning of instant gratification, this conditioning of I have to be seen and that my work has to be seen in order for it to move, in order for it to have an impact. And we know that not to be true because we at least for me, spirit is all about that, not being seen, about being subtle with the nuances and and be able to do that. And as artists, we're so used to performing outside of ourselves that we get so caught up in entertainment as opposed to experience. And you're not there to entertain. You're not there to, to have people clap for you. You are there to be able to guide them and lead them into a deeper experience of what your reality may be and the perception that you have in hopes that it inspires them to continue to create and manifest and co-create with me as we continue to merge our lives and creativity. Um, 
And so I forgot the other point I was going to say, but as I as I move on to the next, I think, yeah, um, when we come to, you know, the conservatory life, when we come to the artistry, the constant rejection, the constant policies of bodies, that is taking a lot away from the courage and spiritual autonomy that you have continuing to give and sacrifice yourself and your body. Um, and because intention is intention is attached to movement. What is your intention? Who am I dancing for? Who am I dancing around? And when you have that clear intention about who you are trying to have an immersive experience with, this site-specific dance and conversation where you're including where you are and the bodies in it, what comes out of that? And to be one who is having an audience because we are not speaking, can we practice our active listening? Can you actively listen to yourself and actively listen to the room? And do you know whether you're creating space or holding space? And I think that is also a thing when it comes to coming into new spaces and, and trying to lead in a groups of people where we are all coming with our beautiful colors is what is your purpose there? Because if your purpose is to create space, then you're, you're not entertaining anyone. You're helping. You're making space accessible. Now, if you're there to hold space, that may look a little different as far as what you want to do with your audience and the amount of attention and intention that you're asking from them. So this is always a conversation in which you're having with your audience, but the intention about what you're trying to get out of it or who you are trying to be in the midst of it is, I think, what needs to change because you already have what is in you to share, but to force, to disingenuously provide that out of, again, this instant gratification, this showmanship, right? So we're highly, highly um, connected to, um, at least for me, our intuitive gifts and how we use that to be able to move into that world and the discipline that comes with it. Dancers are highly disciplined individuals and it will take that Yes, that's all evolution, doing the work, doing the work. I think that people are still trying to figure out what does that mean? You know, and there's so there's so much out there and it, it just it really just is, um, you know, soul work, shadow work, inner child work, you know, recognizing if you've had trauma and that's something that you need to work through or maybe you don't have trauma and that's OK, but you still are lost confused in our need of guidance or acceptance so that you can come into yourself. Figure out what it is you need first. I also wanted to add that um, I also think that freedom is romanticized. And when people experience freedom within their strength, it is very intimidating Right. We're in a time where censorship is at an all time high because we can't grapple with the freedom of expression. We are at a time where we are socially distanced or we were socially distanced and that's six feet apart. We know that to be our aura or our koshas. There was a disconnect there in how we were able to be fully ourselves. And then we go into the social construct of, of race, religion, sexual orientation. So there is a lot pulling from the holistic freedom of how you express yourself. 
which will cause people to be confused where you're using these labels in which you are trying to use them as a vehicle to find yourself. But then this vehicle becomes yourself. And now the very thing that was supposed to liberate you into a point of evolution to claim more of your experience is now something that you are boxed into because you didn't define yourself before you decided to adopt all of the labels and constructs of the human experience in this world, even as we will say America. And so I really want people to think about how they approach freedom and finding it within their self so that we can be comfortable with more forms of expression and what that means, because that policing of body, of mind, of spirit is why people are so lost, because we're trying to survive socially, but be able to move through that as our authentic selves. And you have to pick one. Are you going to be yourself and thrive? Or are you going to survive being another person? And these are not um, easy questions. And again, when we talk about accessibility and we talk about resilience, right? These are very key points when we talk about the Black experience because you have to have time to be able to name your experience, right? And so that's why there are people like you and I because we need to be able to be the bridge, the connector for people to name their experience, to find that confidence to pursue freedom again. Because the illusion of freedom has gotten so big that when they give up, I don't think that they're actively making the choice to give up. I think they're going into a place of safety and comfortability that happens. Wow. So you've truly been on a journey. Um, Now, what people keep forgetting, Dre, is that the arts, physics and science, philosophy, have always existed as one family. Mm -hmm. So it's really no surprise when we hear things like the healing arts that has been deeply embedded in the fabric of artistry and identity and human experiences. And like you said, we are, or, you know, even as Martha Graham says, we are messengers of God. We are there, whether on a platform stage or just the stage of life, to help people drop them into experiences, not to entertain them. So tell us about your journey into um, who you are now. You are a practicing yogi. You teach yoga and so many other things. Can you, can you share? Yes. So um, my transition really started um, in really healing from my injury. Um, I had tore my ACL and meniscus on my left side. Um, Your left side is also your receiving side. So that also told me a lot. So within that injury, I also want to say that it was very clearly told me like, it's time to investigate and explore your other dormant gifts. I knew the gifts. I just wasn't practicing because I was like, I want to dance, right? So that was that of like, okay, I want you to consider and honor your other gifts. So that was one thing that I really kind of had to 
to embrace. But then also I knew deep down in my spirit that dance wasn't big enough to really push my healing. I was like, I'm trying to get back to dance, but it is not enough. Um, and so I, I went to yoga. Um, I went to yoga to the people. Um, it was donation-based. They now have recently disbanded. Um, but it was really accessible. It was affordable. It was in New York. And again, as I said before, spirit and movement um, is highly uh, connected for me. So yoga really embodied that experience um, outside of, again, perfection and performance in which I was using my body before. Now I was able to liberate it through a more nurturing experience and still um, receive information and teachings and traditions that were outside of any dogma, right? They may um, use expressions um, of the Hindu faith or, you know, Buddhism, and, and all the other isms, but it still came down to the breath, the body, energetic experience. So I was highly in tune to that. Um, and I was like, oh, this is great. You're not worried about my sexuality. Like I can truly be free. Um, and then I realized that I was still black in this uh, whitewashed practice. And so and I've also felt that in dance as well. We, you know, if I see Alvin Ailey post another fundraiser, I'm gonna lose it. I'm I'm very confused how that institution is still fighting for money and the legacy is there, the understanding is there, the impact is there, and they're still struggling. I'm confused. Um and so to be able to anyway come back. And look at my body and be like, okay, this this is great. All right. Oh, yes. All right. I'm black. Okay. Now it's time to, all right, make a choice. All right. Because here you are experiencing the same movement restrictions, the, the expressive restrictions. So where do you want to go? You want to go to dance or yoga? I chose yoga because one... Um, spirit is first for me. Um, and that's how I met dance. And due to, again, seeing all the things that happen in Black Lives Matter. And, and again, in my own experience, I was like, no, I want people to be able to experience and reclaim yoga in their body. And they should be able to do that wherever they go. So this is about representation. This is about influence. This is about resilience, right? Um, because psychic violence does happen when you are the only Black person in the room being led by a white instructor, right? Um, going to certain events and you see the gatekeepers of white bodies. Um, you see the discrimination. You also see the resistance from the Black collective because it's not for them and they don't see that it's for them. They haven't experienced that. Um, and so there was a brief connection um, to that. And, you know, I know that my culture loves to dance and I know that dance is also ritual. It is ritual. So already knowing that I was participating in the ritual aspect of dance, it was to call it a little bit deeper. You don't have to be a dancer, right? Let's focus on the breath. You don't have to perform. You don't have to get dressed up. I really want you to come. No, your leg doesn't have to be that high. And if you're looking at someone else, then, yeah, you can see the possibilities of your freedom and expansion. But the discipline is where you are now. 
Right. So, and it wasn't about, no, get the leg a little higher. You know, we do use different forms of yoga, power yoga, vinyasa to be able to identify. But for me, it was like, no, I want to make this accessible and I want to use the body to be able for people to connect with their selves, right? Where are you feeling this tension in your body? Is it your heart? Is it your stomach, your solar plexus, your feet? And how does your body inform you about something your mind didn't process yet about how you feel in a certain situation, space, or place, right? So really taking the foundations of yoga and liberating it and giving it back to the people we know about kinetic, um, uh, yoga and the practices. And, and this is a colored body practice and we're not seeing that. And, and again, just as all things that come across the pond, it is whitewashed and transforms into a capitalistic package to then be sold. And so, you know, there's also this idea of really how we understand yoga and how it was presented to us, but also how it was stolen for people that look like um, us in our Black bodies. And so it is, again, this representation is a call to action because mindfulness and healing has become a, a rebellious, um, true um, force, right? Because they want you to be rushing. They want you to be docile. They want you to be on drugs. They want you to feel that you are powerless. That is how they influence high volumes of people, right? How do we get from Mursa Musa, who was the richest man on earth, who was black, many people don't know that, to now be such in poverty that I don't even know my name. And so there, there, there is a call to me. And honestly, going back to the pandemic, I wasn't concerned with dancing or being on a stage. I think there's a time and place for that. The pandemic, I wasn't trying to entertain people. I wasn't trying to be on auditions with, with artists. No, no, no. I'm trying to be on the ground because there's a time and place for that. And people don't want to be entertained. Yes, they want hope, but there's other avenues to do that. And I don't feel like dancing to low vibrational music in a time where people need to identify their spiritual essence and where they are right now. The suicide rate for black men is at an all time high and just for black bodies in general. So I don't want to be popping my ass right now. I'm sorry. And so, yeah, when spirit has given me gifts, when is it a time to express that in full joy? And when is it time to put that down because it's time to step on the battlefield? What is your priority? And so Again, we were seeing that even in dance, we're, we're seeing, again, dance therapy. Yeah, dance is bigger than what we've learned it to be and, and, and to put on fun clothes and, and dance behind your favorite artist. No, dance is how we heal. Dance is how spirit personifies itself. Dance is how it connects to your body through the joy, through the movement, through the breath, through the sound, through the community. That, that is what is being moved. So... For me, it was very easy where I said, oh, I'm going where my spirit lives. I'm going where I know that spirit can be received. And so, and also shout out to all my dance pioneers and activists. I also trust them to make those moves. I wasn't needed there. I would have been received, but I am very, very happy for my friends who are shaking the dance world, who are advocating, who are continuing to make avenues and grants and 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 leaving main companies because they're tired of the, you know, the sexual harassment and and abuse 
and the toxicity. I love, love, love that. So I also say that there is enough for people to take place and position. And my position was called to the spiritual yogic um, world. But I also knew by choosing that, that I have people in the dance world that I trust, that I admire, that I look up to, that is really bringing back that um, authenticity and that safe space for our dance babies for the next seven generations to bring back that spirit to 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 reclaim that. So I also honor the pioneers, the 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 activists who are taking dance and and they're pouring it back and they're remaking it and they're reshaping it. Um, just like I'm doing that with yoga that is happening in the dance world. I just choose not to you know to serve um, there. But uh, as I continue to do this work, um, one of my goals is to really be able to, as you know, because you've done my work, Kayla, um, to choreograph and really pay people a salary or or money that they're worth. Um, I didn't want to be a dancer come choreographer because I was tired of getting underpaid. No, that's that's not a solution. It's it's a survival mechanism. And so I'm gonna come back to dance and be able to really give people some resources, money I would love. Um, it's funny because Renee and I have also talked about, you know, housing opportunities for artists, right, where they can stay and, 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 and to focus and be able to put on shows for their community um, and live there rent free and really get things together, but still be growing as an artist and making connections. So there there are a lot of things that I would like to um do within the dance world as I come back. Because as I do this work, I'm in the yoga community and, and work in this corporate space. Um, I, I have more room to be able to, um, to pour back into this community and, and also make room. Because when I thought of corporate, I was like, oh, I can never do that. But it's 2022 going into 2023. Corporate looks like whoever you support in their vision, who wants you to be your best authentic self to give you a space to be able to produce beautiful work that they believe in that can look like a couch it can look like a desk it can look like from your home right many are not concerned so i also encourage people to trust spirit to be able to continue to make space for yourself and know that spirit will make that space for you it's not about going through the window if the door is closed it's about walking into your driveway and knowing that this house was made for you on this road right it, it's 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 not small Spirit is is about abundance and justice. So it is going to meet you where your spiritual equity is. And so to do that is to move with that authenticity um, through your creative talents, abilities, and intuition and trust that you do not have to have a linear logic way to growth, but you know, growth is cyclic. So just because you're seeing the same thing doesn't mean that you're approaching it the same way. It's about going back to the places in which you came from as this new self and through that meeting again, that reclamation, that that deep intuitiveness, you, you're spiraling and you're expanding. Um, and that is how you're increasing your territory, both mentally um, and physically and, and let alone spiritually through that. Now, you mentioned spiritual equity, and I love that you use that term because I think if people could resonate with that more so than the worth or the lack of worth that money gives us as people, then we can truly transform, we can truly shift, we can, we can go into new pathways and dimensions, really, and directions that will resonate not only with us 
personally, but allow us to do the, the larger work that needs to be done. Um, you said you never saw yourself going into corporate, but here you are now in corporate leadership and showing up in a way that can open the eyes of people who are in corporate to new ways of doing things. I talk about this often, the brilliance of artists and creative translation, how we have the ability to take the discipline, the focus, the emotional intelligence of rejection of, you know, going in year after year and still not getting the role, but, you know, learning how to work small until you can build all of those things are strong attributes that can be then placed in a place or a position or again a dimension that is more serving for us as individuals and then be an example to other people to say hey there are other things that you can do and still make impact in the arts because you mentioned this earlier not just being a dancer but being an artist and a complete artist is is the is the artist that's able to recognize that there are some things that are missing. We do mm-hmm. need um, literacy when it comes to production. We do need financial literacy in order to run these productions. You know, we do need the support of people who have the gift of gab and can talk to sponsors, talk to donors, to have connections. How are you using your influence? Like you said, mm-hmm. it's not just about being connected to people we admire and celebrities or being able to drop a discount code for the promo that you're attached to for that brand but how are you able to use those very traits to a great personality that you have to create impact in the world of the arts because in 2022 this is truly the telltale year this yes. is telltale year. <laughs> how are we really doing okay we, we got the emergency grants thank you you know mm. we, got a, we got a couple of this and we got a couple of that and it's great we're starting to see more people step up and offer more funding but this is the beginning of the the truth is this sustainable does this really work for us you can artists benefit or are we retracting back into old ways and all the things that we talked about in those dead talks not not wanting to be a monolith not wanting to be the only one not one it's going to happen if structures if implementation if the shifts don't happen first in you and then in other people so it's just so it's so thrilling to hear about the fulfillment that you found in your journey and 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 doing that math it's math it is logical hey i'm here you know this is i am me but in this space i am here and what now i just want to add that we're already doing that as dancers right? You're already practicing what it means to network. You already are getting the money to go to the audition, to the summer intensive. You're you're looking up scholarships and grants. You're, you're seeing who you can live with for the summertime to cut costs. You've been practicing this creativity. It's in you. Dancers and especially freelance artists, this is in your blood. So just because the overall theme has changed, or the set, I should say, doesn't mean that all of these disciplinary actions and strategies are still not applicable, right? They are. It's just a different realm. So I always encourage dancers, like, you know what to do, and you can get the money. 
Because usually, as we keep saying, it's an internal thing. And many dancers who leave the the dance world to pursue that hopefully are making that choice. But if they're not, you need to take a rest because you're so tired and distraught from giving all of yourself to this one thing. You actually do need to take a break and sit down and, and be still because you lost yourself in the very thing that you loved because you didn't claim it. There is no separation between the artist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the person. Creativity is whatever gifts and skills that you have. Just like you're saying, creativity can be the gift of gab to be able to hold space and, and to be able to connect to someone through conversations. That is a gift. And all gifts are not seen through exploitation and big gestures. No, some gifts you will only experience through the subtlety and experience of that person. Now I want to ask what, what brings you joy in this, in this space that you're in now? What brings you joy when, for instance, you are teaching a class? I've only seen some snippets and some photos. Like I can, the joy is just beaming all over you when you're getting ready to teach a class. What brings you joy being in the healing arts and holistic space now? And um, what do you want to do in the future with this joy to um, create a very wide path so that more people can come in? Yes, uh, thank you. What brings me joy, I truly love seeing people connect to themselves in a way they haven't before. And also yoga is something that always gives back to you um, because you you see transformation. That is one of those things where people walk out differently, whether it is they, the sweat. And, and it's so funny because Spiro also remind me like, it may not even have been a bad cl- uh, class that I was proud of or I was so in my head. And that's me being a perfectionist. But then when you get the gratitude as people walk in to say thank you, to pull you to the side, like I'm at least crying once a week in, you know, when I teach yoga, because, you know, as anything, you, you get used to it. Like I'm a yoga teacher. Right. But it is the the students that really respond to the parts of you that you're not even focused on. Right. You're like, I need my voice, presence and energy, the music you're thinking about so much. And for them, it is landing in the perfect time, space and sequence. I'll never forget. I remember I was teaching a yoga class and the phone went off. Now, that's the number one rule. And it was my phone. And I went to go click it off. I said, oh, sorry, guys. That that was my mom. Sorry, y'all. You know, sorry, that was my mom. At the end of that class, you know, a girl came up to me. She said, I need to know that your mother called for me because me and my mother have not been well. And I've been meditating on calling her. And when your mother called you in this class, that confirmed that I need to reach out to my mother right now. So thank you for just saying, you know, saying that and embracing that. So even through the mistakes, no, that is not a mistake. It's just a message for someone else. And as my job is just for me to, again, as we, you know, that's improv, but improvisation is still allowing spirit to move. So being able to witness that transformation in as a collective, but individually, because that's how we live life. Like your mat is yours and your individual but this breath together this movement together is something that we all can experience and identify and that is a connection and so 
I really, truly enjoy doing that. And so my goal through Dre Speaks, which is a platform, is to be able to create a hub first online to make it more accessible for um, Black bodies, but also queer Black bodies as well, mostly men, um, because I do believe the conspiracy on Black men and, and, and what that means. So I would really love to reclaim that part in, in our queer bodies, get back to the James Baldwin's. Um, and and really bring some radical um, resistance to our sexuality and what that means, um, as well as just for the Black collective to be able to make healing more accessible, um, to be able to have knowledge exchange and talks and and have this kind of spiritual growth. Um, And so that's what I'm working on for 2023, to be able to make a hub for people to be able to take classes, and workshops. And again, it can be for the creative or it can be for the the eager spiritualist that's learning. I'm very much like community and conversation is how people grow. That's how they remember. And um, the Black experience is very powerful. And I'm just curious to see what we can harness and conjure up with uh, this Afrofuturism way of doing it. And, and to your point, um, I really don't worry about if things are going to work or not because that ruins the, the mystery of advocacy. Um, our ancestors didn't know what they were doing, um, but they knew that they had to do it um, as far as how things will plan out. And we still haven't received the things that they advocated for as far as being an equal human on um American soil, previously Native American. So, you know, there's there's still a lot there. Um, I think, again, going back to this freedom um, and romanticizing it, like this is not what our ancestors had in mind. They, they, they wanted it to be continued, um, not complacent. And I feel, you know, with these gadgets and, you know, this new technological world, people are perceiving that their body and their mind is free when they're really under the captivity of of ignorance and and, and not knowing themselves. You know, I really want to bring this imagination. I want to create community um, of expression. And I really don't care um, really how it goes, because I can't. I just know that I have to do it. And however that intercedes, and again, just as we said, that magneticism, the group, the people, the leaders, the elders that are for me and see that I'm doing, I just have to trust that God will bring them to me and and and, and move forward, right? It, it, that is my release to outcome. I have to do it. And I know enough and I have enough experience to know that I can do it as far as the success and how it resonates and what it does, it doesn't matter because if one person does it or if two people gets it, that's enough. I'm, I'm a community um, engager, a connector, a builder through mind, body, and spirit, right? Which happens to fall under the label of yoga, but that's what I want to curate. I want to get us back to those earthly rituals where we can feel each other again, where we can weep and wail together again, where we can hold each other again, because that is the medicine. It's the grief. It's the pain. It's the moving and releasing of that energy and, and trusting each other again and loving each other again. Um, 
And so that is really my goal with, with Dre Speaks. And, and again, when we talk about audiences, this can be a, a, a hub of 20 to, to 30 people. It doesn't have to be a, a, a million man march, right? That's, that's not the goal. The goal is for highly intuitive people who are seeking the things that I'm seeking and who want to explore and to express to come together and be able to have those conversations without judgment um, or criticism or, or ridicule. You, you just want to be able to express and to receive that, but also hear and be able to affirm that not by similarity, but by intention. So those are just very, some of the things that um, I'm, I'm working on um, right now. And yeah, I just look forward to seeing um, how it all all goes out, and 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 I encourage other people to um, do the work that they are called to do in community and with community. Um, because again, as we said with the pandemic, everyone, if you are still here and you're still breathing, spirit provided you with a purpose, and it doesn't have to be the holistic purpose of your life, but at least it can be the purpose for the need right now. And what is that? And be honest about that, because if spirit didn't want you here, you wouldn't have not been. And we know that very clearly. So if you are here, be here, be present. Spirituality is not an escape route. It is using spiritual to be able to say, spirit, I am so present with you right now that I can play on the physical and material round. And that is how I'm abundant. Money is not moving me. It is my assignment to spirit to know that I am worthy enough through my birthright to receive all of earth's material riches and gifts has nothing to do with man has nothing to do with who is telling you no no this is a personal conversation that you are building with your spiritual counsel to be able to give you the riches of abundance you do not have to eat crumbs right and so it's it's really um, this, again, deep listening of yourself about what do I want to do right now? And it can be curiosity. It can be conflict. It can be love. It can be access. It can be all the things, right? It's both the, the light and the darkness. You, you must know both because if we want to use the term devil, that's how the devil comes in when the light and dark are not co-collaborative in their experience, honoring one another to know each place, right? Because we're holistic. If I am light, that means I have a shadow. And the bigger that my light comes, the bigger that shadow. So hopefully people continue to pour and shine and blaze that transformative light that we all have. And, and, and harness that. And, and then for my men listening, more water, more nurturing, more softness, more, more milk and honey. Because spirit needs you to be softer so that we can continue to help our ancestors pass and, and use that, that masculine energy of action. I'm here. I'm here for it all. <laughs> so before I plug Dre so that you can get in contact with him, however he has made it accessible for you to, I just want to honor that there have been so many truths shared here in this space and also that there are so many truths continuing to exist and live. We've talked a lot about living and life and making decisions, 
before even impact, before all of that, just being. And I want to acknowledge just taking maybe about seven seconds of silence to remember all of those who have decided that this was no longer the journey that they wanted to continue. Um, Let's do that together. It is, wow, this was amazing. I could go on, we could go on, but (laughs) but we will have to end here. If you have any requests, if you have any questions, if you like for this conversation to continue and you want to ask or, you know, prompt any future um, topics for us to engage in, let us know. Um, I will leave the information in the description where you can send those queries, questions, comments, and we'll see what we can do. Um, And I will let Dre um, say his final words and plug himself and let us know where um, you can connect. Yes, thank you. Uh, First and foremost, for having me um, and inviting me. Uh, Social media, Instagram is my jam. Dre Speaks, that is underscore Dre, D-R-E, period, Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S. And that is on Instagram. I also have a website on Dre Speaks, A-N-D-R-E-S-P-E-A-K-S dot com. Yeah, you can reach me at those two places. That's where I'm mostly. Um, and if you want a more personal or if you feel that you need a referral, yeah, reach out to Kayla as you continue to listen and she can definitely connect you um, to me um, if you have any more intimate or um, pressing questions. I also do intuitive readings, private yoga sessions. I'm also certified in prenatal for my women out there as well. Um, and so, yeah, just check out my services um, on Instagram or my website. I'm also revamping that. Uh, but yeah, support, share, um, and just continue to be your authentic self. So I have some inspiration to continue to be mine and me. Um, love you all. Love the culture. Continue to experience joy. Continue to love those around you and more grace and self-compassion for yourself. You're doing great. This is a hard world. This is a hard school lesson of earth and you are doing well in your earthly body and know that there is grace and compassion for this lived experience. You are greatly loved and you are chosen to be here to express the God in you. I know you feel it. I'm just affirming what is already felt in your bones. So please, I send you courage to push past the fear and and be who you are.